Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing, and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive, I mean, really, who's kidding who? I'm basically almost HIV negative. Host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode 78. How is everyone? Everybody out there in YouTube land, doing well? Glad I can be here to not be so serious, share my shit with you, and whatever else is on my mind. Thank you for giving me your ear. I really do appreciate it. Um, Let's get right into it. Today is officially the first day of spring, but it feels a lot like winter. Okay, on to my corrections corner. Um, (laughs) I have nothing else to say about spring. So I realized last week that I was talking about Aziz Ansari, and I couldn't remember which show it was. It's Parks and Rec. That was the show. I'm sure you guys were all going Parks and Rec, Jennifer. Yes, it's been on on a long time. That's a great show, by the way. always good for a laugh. I love that one. Eric Stoltz, I was talking about him and I got sidetracked talking about him being on that movie, um, Some Kind of Wonderful, which is still top, I don't know, top 10 for kissing scenes where I like lost my shit. Dirty Dancing is number one. That whole scene with Baby and Johnny in his cabin where they were just going to practice dancing. (laughs) They were just going to practice. Here he was, this older man. And she went in there into the room and the music started and the dancing started and the shirt came off. He flicked that shirt when he's dipping her and touching her bare back and she grabbed his ass in those black pants. Oh my God, that scene the best kissing scene ever and of all time. And I had not kissed a boy at that point yet. I was 16. It was that movie came out right after my 16th birthday. I had not experienced something of that nature. And so to see it on screen and it looks so realistic. Oh my God, the kissing and him dipping her down. And, oh my God, it was so great. It was this buildup. We couldn't wait for this moment. And then it happened. I didn't know what was going to happen in that movie. Everything was a surprise. And I loved that movie so much. Um, and it still stands the test of time. That scene still is amazing. Um, it still makes me excited. And I've had those moments in my life, but I still love watching it. Okay, so <laughs> there I went on another tangent. Eric Stoltz, I brought him up because of the Murdoch murders. That's what I was talking about. Because those boys, well boy. Buster's the only one that's, well, I guess Alec is still around, obviously, but he's in jail. Uh, Buster, the son and the, um, you know, rest in peace, but their, their other son, Paul, who was definitely shot by his dad. I mean, come on, he did it. The dad did it. Um, anyway, yeah, not attractive. I'm not into redheads. I, what can I say? I mean, there has got to be, like I said, Eric Stoltz is a good looking redhead. He's a rare one in general. No, redheaded men, especially really deep, dark red like that. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who loves every person that's out there, but um, yeah, not, not, I am not into the redhead men. So anyways, I was just saying they are very, unfortunately, um, unattractive family, family in general, the whole family, I mean, dad and the boys, Oof. not attractive. So that's why I had brought up Eric Stoltz cause he was a redhead. So, um, and Someone else had commented on that as well. Um, 100% agree about the Alec Murdoch situation. And I'm also a no-go for redheads. Love the podcast. Thank you, A.K. 
Robles33. Um, and then Brooke says, oh my God, me and Jacob, by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but my friend Brooke, her boyfriend Jacob just happens to be in Spider-Man. That's all I'm saying. Um, and his name is Ned. So anyways, they were watching the Murdoch documentary and she said that they noticed the same thing. And we were like, wait, is his name Alex or Alec? And I don't know how to say the last name. Um, but it sure does sound a lot like murder, <laughs> which is weird. And she says, laugh out loud, the name Buster. What a crazy twisted story. Rest in peace, Mallory. Of course, the girl who was flown through, thrown, sorry, not flown, thrown from the boat. Um, very crazy story, honestly. So um, much murder connected to that family. Um, so yes, the Murdoch murders. I don't know any more than that. I, I watched that and uh, I, I recommended it. it was interesting to see again, the people who are involved in this, this whole story, the people that are, you know, that knew Paul and all of that. Um, I have not been accepted on Facebook by Jeff Antchuk, who I, I don't even know if I gave his name last time, but um, this was the boy that I had a huge crush on in high school and I decided to friend him because he came up as a suggested on my Facebook. Um, doesn't mean he's ignoring me. I mean, he could still be ignoring me after all these years. He's like, this girl cannot let it go. Like, let it go, Jennifer. I'm not interested. Um, but I don't think that's it. I think he probably just doesn't look at Facebook. And I know this happened once before where I friended him and I didn't hear anything and I got super paranoid. And I'm like, I like literally put myself right back into high school. And I was like, oh my God, he thinks I've been holding a flame for him all this time. And now I'm trying to reconnect with him or something. And I also have AIDS. So that's not a good look. So I unfollowed him. Uh, or un, uh, asked for the request, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> I took the, the request away. But then I thought, now, you know what? No, I've got a blue check. I'm going to try it again. His name came up again for whatever reason. I wasn't searching him. It came up as a suggested. So I tried it again. And I'm leaving it, damn it. I don't care how long it takes. He can sit there and look at my picture and my blue check and my AIDS ribbon and freak out or whatever or just ignore me. But I am not taking away my request. No, it's staying. Um, I'm really excited to report that the other morning when I was driving Owen to school, um, Johnny Bananas liked my comment. So I had, or maybe I wrote him a message. I don't even remember anymore. But anyways, it said, came up, it said, Johnny Bananas liked your comment right then. I was dropping Owen off at school. And then I open up my phone and I go to my DMs where... I had written to Johnny Bananas. I think I did. I must have. Yeah, it was all DM. It was a DM. Oh, it was an old DM because I had told them that I sometimes would call my daughter Joey Bananas or it was like in her phone, in my phone. I had referred to her as Joey Bananas for a long time. Anyways, it said in my DMs, it says Johnny Bananas is typing. You know, it says is typing dot, dot, dot. So I screenshotted that. I was losing my shit. Owen's in the front seat. I'm like, Johnny Bananas is writing to me right now. He's writing to me. So I can't wait to see what he writes. And he writes um, something about uh, tell, give Joey Bananas my best, something like that. And, you know, 
all the best to or whatever. It was something simple, but it was, he had referred to the Joey Bananas. So it was an old message. But you know, I don't even know what I wrote because I get embarrassed that I write to these people sometimes and when they don't respond, I don't want to see their name in my DM or anything of their picture anymore because then I'm like embarrassed that I even did that. So then I just delete the whole thing because I don't want to be reminded that I wrote to somebody where it makes it look like I'm trying to get their attention and then they didn't write back and they probably looked at my name and they're like, what does she want? Oh my God, weirdo. So I just delete the whole thing because I just don't want to see it. And so he had responded to something from a long time ago. Honestly, I think I wrote that a long time ago. <laughs> Clearly, I've stalked him a little bit, <laughs> but whatever. He wrote to me, um, and that just made my whole freaking day. Um, this is a very small thing, but I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention that when you take an orange to work the way I do, I cut my orange up I cut the ends off, the fat ends, because I don't want that pulp or whatever, that extra orange pulp. So I cut off as much of that as I can, almost to the orange, and then I cut it down the middle, and then I cut it again. Uh, so I have four, eight pieces, right? Okay. And then I put it in this reusable rubber, uh, it, it, there's like a plastic hard um, thing that you slide over the top of it. My friend Pia, thank you, Pia, gave me these. They're recycle, they're recycle, not recyclable. They're you can clean them out. They're like they're baggies basically that you just reuse, so you don't use plastic baggies and throw them out. So, um, anyways, I my every day I eat an orange and I slice it up and I cut it up and I put it in there, um, and then I put the little plastic piece across the top that seals the whole thing up. Um, but anyways, it just dawned on me the other day you know, when I pick these pieces up, they're wet all over, right? All over the outside of the orange where I'm holding it to take, cause I put it, I put my teeth right in the bottom of it and then I just rip it out of its rind. And that's how I eat every piece. And I get, I eat the whole orange. It's awesome. And they're so good right now. Oranges are so freaking good right now. Um, anyway, I just realized that I don't, whoever washes an orange, I like, I would never wash an orange ever, ever, ever. I don't wash fruit anyways, in general. I just don't. I never have. Um, and I'm realizing that I'm slicing this orange up and it's sitting in this bag and like it's obviously wet. So like it's getting like the outside of the orange is mixing with the inside of the orange. I've never thought of this before. I mean, you know, when kids play soccer, they bring those bags of oranges. No one takes the time to peel all those oranges. They just slice, you know, they cut them up. They put them in the bag and those are all mixed up with the outside of the dirty orange. Like, does anybody ever think about that? Anyways, I just thought about it the other day. I'm not going to do anything differently. I'm still going to do exactly what I'm doing and I'm going to eat whatever bacteria I, I eat. I mean, I'm still here on this earth after 52 years doing things wrong and I'm, you know, I'm fine <laughs> except for the HIV. Okay. Don't give me a hard time. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I just thought about that with the oranges. It's like a banana. If you were to, well, when you cut through a banana, technically the outside is dirty, right? You slice through it. For those of us that can cut, you know, cut through the peel and the banana, aren't you dragging that bacteria straight through the banana to the banana? Like, right? But we're all okay. I don't, I really don't think there's any harm in any of this. Um, speaking of oranges and bananas and food, I have had a new weird thing happening with me. Um, I don't know, over the past few months, maybe it's not all the time, but sometimes Finn will need to get up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. I don't know. It's really annoying. Cause I make sure that he's 
completely emptied out before we go to bed. And I even have to put a baby gate up in my bedroom because if the door is left open, the door has to be left open because the cats or they scratch on the door. So there's a baby gate there for the cats to hop over at night because if I were to leave the door even a little ajar, Finn will just decide for no reason at all to leave the room in the middle of the night and he'll pee downstairs even though he can hold it all night. But if the door is open, then he will definitely let himself out and go downstairs in peace. So I have to keep a baby gate up. So um, I had the baby gate up and oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So I have to go downstairs with him when he, there's sometimes where he, he wins because he keeps scratching the baby gate and he whines. And then I'm like, Nope, come back to bed. And I try to like get him to come back and he won't. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to get up. And so sometimes when I bring him downstairs, I don't know why I all of a sudden feel super, super, super hungry. And yes, I've eaten dinner and not like really early in the evening or anything like that. I am not starving. There is no reason for this. I'm not hungry at all. Like, I mean, I shouldn't be hungry. My stomach isn't like, like I've been starving all day and I went to bed or anything like that. But I wake up and I feel really hungry. And so I have gotten in this habit of buying Lay's, Lay's um, sour cream and onion potato chips and I'll just grab the bag while I'm waiting for Finn to do his business outside. I just open up the back door, you know, to the backyard and then I shut the slider cause it's cold. And then I sit on the couch, I put a blanket over my lap and I get the chips and I start shoveling them down my throat. Like in the middle of the night, my eyes are closed. I'm really not very awake, but I don't know why I feel like I need to eat chips. So I'm shoveling chips in my mouth while my eyes are closed. Like it tastes so good. The other night he got done with his business so fast that I was like, oh, I didn't get enough. So I brought the chips back to my room. I still, the eyes are barely open. I don't even turn a light on in the house. I'm doing everything by feel because I don't want to get too awake. You know, I want to go right back to sleep. And I, <laughs> I laid down in my bed and continued to give myself chips while I was laying down. And the next morning I found chips in my hair. I mean, how gross in, in on my bed like underneath where I had been sleeping. Like that, that's a problem. That just makes me feel like I've got this really sad, like when I woke up and saw the chips, I'm like, oh my God, that's really sad. Like how sad, what am I doing? And I've never done that before. And I know there's been people on TV who have talked about like sleepwalking and then finding out they do all this eating in the middle of the night when they're sleeping. I, I can't even like say that that's what it is because I am definitely awake, but I, I'm sleepy. Um, but I don't know what that is. It's really weird. And it, the more I do it, the more often I wake up and the more often I'm hungry like that. And so I'm trying to break myself from it right now. But in the middle of the night when I'm taking Finn out, I don't, it's like all reasoning goes out the window and I don't care at all that I'm eating chips in the middle of the night. It's just, I would never normally have done that. Like in my sound mind, eat chips. Like it doesn't make sense. This is the time where you don't eat in the middle of the night. You're sleeping. You're, you're on a break from food. That's why when you have breakfast in the morning, you're breaking your fast. That's why they call it breakfast. You shouldn't be eating in the middle of the night. And I, I shouldn't be hungry either. It's a really strange thing. I don't know what caused that, but I'm trying to break it at the moment. Um, I wanted to tell my brother, Brian, um, again, how sorry I am for his loss. My brother is a cat man. Like, uh, my whole family, we all have cats. My sister has, I think a few, my mom 
had her last one put down recently, but my mom at one point, I think had four or five along with two dogs. I have, um, four myself and, um, my brother has more than, than that. <laughs> I'm not going to say how many he has, but my brother has a lot of cats. He's a total cat guy. He, he, he's like me. He did the, well, not me. I'm like him. He was, uh, trapping and releasing cats. Um, for a long time, he was part of a group that did this in South San Francisco, like I guess all over the Bay area, but Brian had, um, had done that for years and he was a feeder. So he had a certain colony that would, he would feed a lot and, um, or like all the time, twice a day. And if he was not going to be able to do it, there were other people that he could reach out to in this group that would cover his feeding site for that day or that particular feeding time or whatever. It was really organized. This is while he, he's in Arizona now, but this was while he was in California. Um, and one of his kitties, I believe Brian, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. I know Ace was one that recently didn't come home. Um, and that was very sad because I know he was one that Brian had trapped and then kept. Um, so he was one of the ferals that Brian kept. And then um, Bella, his um, his girl that he's had for 15 years, and I, I don't want to start crying, but it's, it makes me sad. Um, she got real sick and Brian had to have her put to sleep. And my brother's just so sweet. Um, and we all, we're all like this in my family, me and my mom and my dad, like we all came from like having, you know, most people do feel this way about animals. Some people don't, and I don't understand why, but, um, he, she was failing and he did everything he could to see, you know, to get her the treatment that she was hopefully that would help her. And it didn't work. It was liver failure. Um, and he wrote to me and my sister, and my mom, and my brother's not married, um, no kids, you know, like his cats are, so important to him. They're like his, all of his babies. And he had to have Bella put down and he did an at home euthanasia. And, um, he sent us some pictures of her and him and it made me feel really bad. And I'm, I told Brian that I was crying with him that day because there's nothing worse than going through the loss of an animal. They're just nothing but pure love. And when you, hmm, I know people think it's stupid that it's just a cat, but they're not. That you have a special bond with your animals. And um, I just wanted to send you a big hug, Brian. I love you. And I'm so sorry that your Bella crossed the Rainbow Bridge. But I believe that someday we'll all be reconnected with all of our fur babies. And um, yeah, I just wanted to tell him that I'm real sorry. Okay, I have to um, compose myself here because <laughs> I look at my animals and I just know that these times will come eventually. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since I've had a, well, I had my one black and white cat sawyer that never came back after like, um, you know, he, I don't know. He just never came home and, uh, that really destroyed me. That was during 2020 and just not knowing what happened to him and just thinking maybe coyotes got him and just what he went through maybe. And pff, that really destroyed me for a while. Really, really ate me up. I really can't think about him a lot without crying because I don't know what happened to him. And he just disappeared one day and he was a really, really neat cat. So since then, baby kitty, my other cat that I'd had since 2009, she kind of was like not so much of an indoor cat anymore because she hated Finn when he showed up in 2014 and she didn't like Sky. She didn't like any of the animals. And so, um, she continued to be an outdoor cat and, um, you know, she, something happened to her in 
I'm not even sure how long ago it was now, maybe three months ago, four months ago, where she was missing for a few days and came home with her. Um, and she's been outdoors on this street for years and years and years. And it's always been fine. Nothing's ever happened, but she came home and there was something wrong with her arm. And, um, I, you know, nursed her back to health. I kept her in the house. She was really unhappy about it. She didn't like being in the house, but she finally got better and she was walking on it again. And then it got really rainy and stormy one night and she never came home. But I have to say my relationship with her was more of a, I don't know. Like I felt like I was just taking care of her. I didn't feel, feel really close to her, but I've got, you know, Benny, my 21 pound feral that I don't know what I'll do when that day comes. Cause I just love that cat so much. And Finn, you know, I'm really close with him and Benny. So I, I get, it was just, it's hard to see her. It's hard to see your brother hurting. And I just know how much it hurts. I just, you know, we all know it's a, it's, it's hard to see our animals go. Okay. Um, I had somebody comment on my UTI issues and they had suggested that I possibly had something called interstitial cystitis. So I looked it up and it really does look like it could be that. Um, and of course they mentioned, you know, emptying your bladder right before and right after sex, which of course I've known about that one for a long time. And what's really weird is the last time this happened to me, I drank like two or two bubblies or whatever. And I had to pee like three times, like even during, I was like, I gotta go again. Sorry. I peed so much that night. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to be fine because I peed so damn much. And then that was the time where I got like the pain the next day. So that didn't do anything. And um, my urologist said that studies have been done um, with regards to peeing after uh, taking um, probiotics and also um, drinking cranberry juice or taking the cranberry pills, all of those things, he goes, have not been um, scientifically proven to really help any kind of UTI issue. He said, it doesn't hurt to at least try those things. He goes, but there's nothing truly concrete saying that those things actually make a difference. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend any more money on probiotics anymore. What the hell? So anyways, she had mentioned, um, this thing called interstitial cystitis. And, um, and I wrote to my urologist and said, could this be what it is? Because apparently they mimic bladder infections and, um, he said that, <laughs> I don't know, it was this weird response. I think sometimes doctors don't want you to come up with the solution, like on Google, it might be annoying to them. So he said, it doesn't sound like it's that, but it could be some form of that. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, and if you want to talk about it more, you know, you can make an appointment with me. Of course he doesn't want to talk about it more through messaging because they don't get paid for that. So I did make an appointment so we can talk about it more because <laughs> that's what you have to do, which I understand, of course. So, um, yeah, appointment with him during spring break to talk about possibly having interstitial cystitis. Um, and I don't really, I mean, obviously it's an itis, which means it's an inflammation. It's 
interstitial. So stitial, does that mean it sounds like tissue to me? Um, but it, it creates some kind of like, definitely there's some type of inflammation going on when that happens. Cause it feels like my urethra hole is on fire, not fun. He's on fire, fire. Um, okay. So there's that. We'll find out more about that as time goes on. But I had an incident with the, uh, not an incident. I had a, um, a night with the situationship Saturday night and yesterday was Sunday and I had no issues, no interstitial issues. So I don't know, like, and you know, lots of activity and everything was fine on my end. So, um, and I'll get back to that in a second. Cause I, I wanted to talk more about that. Um, okay. Comments on my last video. I can't, now I can't read because my eyes were uh, all like teary. Um, do, 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 do. This is from Jared Escobedo. Escobedo for, um, hi Jen. Recently I had a scare, which led me down a rabbit hole of looking at your videos. I want to say I have learned so much about transmission, the virus and everything else. I never knew I needed to know. I just wanted to say thank you for educating me. It was a nice feeling telling my friends about risks and things they never knew. I hope all is well. Awesome. Jared. I'm glad that you learned something new on my channel. Um, Oh yeah. I read that before about the, the coffee thing. Oh, I wanted to thank people for coffee where <laughs> I had a whole list where to go. Um, Lynn Hoover. Thank you for the gift. I appreciate it. I have, uh, another in my head, there's Arthur, 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 Charles, there's Maria Ortiz. There's a Chantel. There is a, there's one other name I can't think of. I really had these on my page and now I don't see them on here. I must've deleted it or hold on. Maybe it's on this page. Um, I did get a new printer or not printer, but I got a new, um, I don't know where I put those crazy. I could have sworn I copied and pasted those there. Anyways, I got a new toner. You know what I realized? I almost returned it again. I thought, Oh my God, I bought the wrong one again. But you know what I did? I have something called a toner drum on my brother, uh, printer. So you slide that out and the toner actually sits in that thing and you can buy a drum. They're like $99. I almost sent the toner back because I'm like, this isn't the shape of the, I was thinking the drum was the toner. I'm like, oh my gosh, get it together, Jennifer, get it together. But anyways, I was like, oh my God, no, I did buy the right toner this time. So I slid it down into the drum and then I pushed the whole thing in and now I'm able to print on paper, which is really nice. Okay. Back to my comments. Alec Murdoch is colloquial coastal South Carolina pronunciation. And they said, this is from Abigail, very unique. So, and she wrote it A L I C K. But I, I swear everywhere it's written A L E X, but, and the Murdoch, 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 I've, I'll never know how to say that right. She, she, oh, okay. So she put it in quotes. Didn't, did she? Yeah. She put the one quote on each side. So Alec, A L I C K to help me understand that's Alec. And then Murdoch, M U R D O C K. 
So the D-A-U-G-H is actually pronounced with a K sound at the end. Okay. Colloquial Coastal Southern Carolina. Wow. I didn't even know that existed. Um, let's see. Someone said, hey, Jen, nice to see you back. How's it going with Devoto? Still you? All fine? Any changes? Still me? What do you mean? I don't even know. Like, I've been on YouTube for like seven years. Yeah, it's me. That's nobody else. It's me. Um, but Devoto's fine. Yeah, no side effects. It's been three years. Everything's great. Um, someone says, stay happy. Little Mermaid said, if everything seems under control, you're just not going fast enough. I don't, I, I don't know what that means. If everything seems under control, you're just not going fast enough. Oh, oh, okay. I read that wrong so many times before I just read it out loud now. I originally thought she said, everything seems under control. You're just not going fast enough. And I thought she was telling me that with my podcast and my planning, everything seemed under control, but it wasn't talking fast enough. And I'm like, that's funny. Cause every time I listen to my podcast back, I think I talk way too fast and I'm like, slow it down, slow it down. You don't need to talk that fast. Pause. It's good to pause. No one minds a pause. So I'm trying to be more um, aware of that. But now that I'm reading this again, I think this is just something that she's just saying in general. If everything seems under control, this is just for anybody. You're just not going fast enough. So if you, okay, yeah, I get that now. Okay. So if I was going faster, then things would be out of control. Okay. <laughs> I think you guys get it. I can't think deeply when I'm doing a pro a podcast. I really can't. Like I, I, I know what she means, but I can't formulate what I'm trying to say. She's saying, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, the river levee breaking, by the way, I called it the Pajaro river. It wasn't the Pajaro river. I think I explained that another time. It was the Hudson levee or something. Anyways, we're fine. Um, the town of Pajaro is still not, um, accessible to anybody. It's still completely evacuated, which is sad. And I don't know when that's going to change. We got, um, our idiot governor here, Gavin Newsom to check out the damage and hug a Hispanic woman for the papers. So Good job, Gavin. Send some money and help the people, help the poor people. So, and I heard people were talking about at work that um, this is in Monterey County, um, Pajaro is, and that that's a very, like, you know, if you go to Monterey or Carmel, like that's where a ton of money is. And so they chose to not fix the levy um, because they didn't really care that much about Pajaro, which is an incredibly poor town. They didn't really give two shits about the families that it would affect, who are all now displaced because of this problem. But they've known about this problem apparently for years and years. And um, there was, back in 95, there was a flood in Pajaro. And that was when I first met my kid's dad. And I remember that happening. And they were, I remember the sandbags and everything. Of course, this is pre-internet. This was just on the news and stuff. And um, being like, I don't get it. But that was the Pajaro River, I thought, at that point that was going to overflow or did partly overflow. And there was flooding, but I don't think it was anything like what just happened um, in the town of Pajaro that's been all over the news. In fact, I was at a, 
I was in a junior high class on Friday, just subbing for a half day. Thank God it was only for fifth and sixth period. These kids were in the eighth grade. They were a nightmare. I mean, not disrespectful, just very chaotic and rowdy. But we watched this thing called CNN 10, which is basically for, you know, kids to see news around the world. It's 10 minutes long, full of um, junior high-ish high school news. And at the very end of the credits, of course, the ending credits um, they show B-roll over their CNN music. Um, and of course, that changes weekly, depending on what's going on in the news. And at the end of the B-roll, they showed at the end of the credits, they showed two shots of Pahra. One was a drone shot that I had seen on TikTok um, that somebody had made a TikTok out of it, you know, showing different um, drone footage of the area. Um, and another was a still shot over some houses. And I was like, oh, Oh my God, you guys, I'm like, that was Paro. It's like, we're in Watsonville. We're literally a mile from that at the high school or this junior high that, that I was at. So that really got their attention. It was cool to like stop that again, rewind it and then go back and like freeze it and go, you, you guys, we're like our, this town, which is like, it's, I mean, I consider it our town, even though it's not technically our town, it's right next door to us, but it's right next door to us. Um, I'm like, there it is right there on CNN 10. Like, that, that's national news right there. I mean, I don't know if it made an impression on them. It got them quiet for like, I don't know, 37 seconds. But anyways, yeah, we were on CNN 10, which is kind of interesting and cool. Um, so, oh, here's my coffee shout outs. I wrote it horizontally. And in my mind, I thought it was all each name underneath the next one. Okay, so the only two that I forgot to mention, Natalia Betancourt and Amanda Cass. Thank you so much for the coffee or the tip money or whatever you want to call it. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for supporting my little podcast and my advocacy. I really do appreciate it. Um, let's see, were there any other comments I wanted to share? No, I think that's it. I think that's it from YouTube. Um, I had a thought the other day about, and then I'll get to my situationship in more detail. I feel like talking about it a little bit. Um, I have a ring camera in my house and I call it, oh wait, before I get to that, Grammar Nazi Corner, ex-husband edition. Again, he was in the car yesterday. Something came up about um, the cars that drive the people in there, you know, when they're dead inside a coffin and they're in a hearse. My ex referred to it as a hearsed. I said, there's no T on that. It's hearse. And he's like, no, it's not. It's a Hearst. I'm like, no, that's Patty Hearst. That's the woman who was kidnapped and like had to rob the banks. And it was the whole Stockholm syndrome thing. I said, no, 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 it's a Hearst. So I look it up on Google and I read, I read what Google says and he still tells me I'm wrong. I'm like, okay, it's a Hearst. It's not a Hearst. So anyways, that was a uh, just yesterday, I had to make a note of that. All right. Um, ring cameras in the house. So I have a ring camera in my house. I call it my kitty cam and it's in my kitchen currently. Sometimes I move it to different locations in the house, depending on what I want to see when I'm at work. But I basically just like to watch my animals go in and out of their little doggy door. And I don't know, I like to see them running around in the living room just to see what I'm, they're doing when I'm not home. Um, but something made me think about this a little deeper. So, oh, and also I got my annual renewal for my ring cameras. Cause I have one on the porch also, and it's about 85 bucks for the two cameras each year. I honestly forgot that I was paying any kind of like, um, I don't know, what is it? A subscription to ring camera or whatever. I didn't, I kind of forgot about it. 
Um, and so anyways, and yeah, of course I want to have one on the front porch. The inside one is sort of frivolous. It's like, do we really need one inside of the house? But, um, like I said, I like to watch my animals when I'm at work sometimes and I'll, I'll do a live, you know, I can go live too and I can listen to them. I can even talk to them. It's a terrible mic, but I can talk to them through the camera too. Um, which they never, ever respond to. So I don't really do it very often because I think it probably scares them because it doesn't sound like me. Um, but okay, so how do I watch that footage? I have to go to my phone, click on the app that says ring, and then I can scroll backwards and it has like increments of time when there was activity. And I'm, you know, can go back. I don't even know. I can, I've, I've seen days before. I can go back way, way, way back. Okay. Where is that footage being stored? Ring, right? So Ring has access to all of this footage. Right now, the camera's going. When I come home from work, I don't think of turning it off. It's on all the time. Um, like, it's always recording me in the kitchen, always. So Ring has me on camera in my house all the time. They can do whatever they want with that footage, no? Like, they, I have to go into an app to access the footage that's being recorded in my house. So they, they have that right on their ring computers, who knows where, and who's looking at that. That's what I want to know. Are they selling what's going on inside of my house? What words are coming out of my mouth? What shows I'm watching on TV? Um, thank God I haven't done anything totally inappropriate in front of those cameras, but are they selling that information to anybody? The government, China, <laughs> I don't know, anyone. And also, let's just say, let's just say this ring camera was on in someone's house that they weren't thinking of. And they, there was a murder committed and no one thought that there was any footage of it, but ring had it. Cause you didn't know that that camera was on and it caught the whole thing on camera. Has that happened? Has that happened with anything where a ring camera inside someone's house was someone forgot their own ring camera was on and it caught something being done that was super illegal? I don't know. I feel like this has to happen. And ring must, like, there must be something set up with the government or, I don't know, some kind of authorities to have access to this, this footage if they need it. Right? Okay. And then also back to Pajaro. So people can't get into these homes. They got very little time to get into their homes, but the authorities are allowed to go around to these homes now, into these homes and check for damages. And, you know, obviously animals and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that all of the animals were, were rescued. I'm assuming dogs are pretty easy, right? They, um, you know, they'll go to higher ground. They'll go to a bed. You know, none of these houses were underwater all the way or anything. It was about a foot deep inside homes. So animals can hop up higher, even cats, right? Bunnies in cages cannot. I'm hoping to God everybody got their bunnies in cages. Any little animals that are in cages on the floor, hope to freaking God, they were all, you know, scooped up because my coworker today was telling me about a family. One of the girls that goes to school with us, her mother was telling us that the police came to the door, knocked on the door, said, grab whatever you need. You have like minutes, get the heck out of town. You need to get out and evacuate right now. So they grabbed 
like some essentials, like it took them just a couple of minutes. They got in the car and they could see the water coming. I don't know how fast it was coming or anything like that, but they said they saw it. And apparently the little girl that goes to, she's in our after school program, who's in the first grade was very traumatized by seeing the water coming. It scared her. So I, it wasn't like a tsunami or anything, but I think they could see it coming up the road. Again, I don't know how fast it was coming or anything like that, but it just, the okay. So I think about the animals and the cats, um, of course, like what's happening with cats. They can only stay, stay in like carriers for so long. You can't have a litter box in a carrier. Like that doesn't work. So I'm assuming some people have animals that they couldn't bring with them to wherever they need to go. And they're at a shelter, they're at the shelters, I guess. I don't really know all of that. But my whole point is, is that there are possibly, um, people going through these homes now, um, without your say, so what if you were doing something super illegal in your house? What if you owned like, I don't know, guns and drugs and I don't know, the the authorities got to do a little walkthrough of your house because of the flooding that you can't get to, you can't even get to your house and you're like waiting to find out that you're going to be arrested because they found something in the house they shouldn't have found. Um, I don't know. I just wonder how many secrets are going to come out. Um, or if anybody's going to be in trouble from anything because they didn't get enough time to take away from their houses what they needed to before they were, you know, if they had enough time before they had to evacuate. I'm just wondering. That's just something that crossed my mind when my friend was telling me that um, that they didn't have much time. They got like very, very little time to grab just some blankets and, um, you know, like I have a, well, I won't say, but I have, you know, I have my papers in a specific spot and like important stuff. And I would grab that first, of course, and my animal, my animals. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay. So about the situation ship, I'll get into that a little bit. I really haven't talked much about it because like I said, he doesn't know about my advocacy and I don't want him to ever like listen to this stuff and think it's freaking weird that I'm talking about him because that would be weird. So what happened was, is that we've been seeing each other since January, hit and miss. That's just what it is. But when we're together, it's really nice. Like it's comfortable. Um, there's an attraction there, obviously. Um, like I said, he's, he's 12 years younger than me, but it doesn't seem to be like anything that's obvious when we're together. I don't like go, Oh my God, this guy's like so much younger than me. Like, I don't think that at all. He just, he feels like he's the same age as me. He feels like he's about 45, 46. Um, but anyways, um, things just kind of got quiet. And I think part of it was my hormones because we were sort of on an every other day, like seeing each other for a little bit. Um, but again, it's only me going to his place. We do our thing. We watch TV, we snuggle. Sometimes I spend the night and it's really very, affectionate. He's super affectionate. Like I really love that so much because other than my ex, I haven't had that affection unless I did shrooms with somebody. Then it was like, you know, then it was fine. You can be as affectionate as as you want when you're on shrooms because that's sort of part of the experience. You get very touchy feely and everything feels fine and okay. And nothing seems like you're overdoing it at all. But we don't even, you know, well, I, I do have an edible usually before I go over there, but still, it's just, it's, I'm not on shrooms and he's very affectionate. So anyway, things got a little quiet and he's very slow to respond at times. And I felt like one night he sort of 
led me on that he would be available that night. Then I never heard from him, but it turned out he didn't have power that night. He'd gone to a dinner party and I don't know. I got kind of like bothered that I didn't, I thought, well, I really thought we were supposed to hang out. And then like, didn't really hear from him the next day when I responded, I wrote to him and it took him a long time to respond back. Like, I mean, hours, like five hours. And I just get a little, I'm you're in a different place when you're the one waiting for the response. When you're the one that has to give the response, it, there's no stress about that. You don't even stress out about it. And especially if it's not that important to you or you don't give it a lot of thought, or you even think that the other person on the other end even is thinking that much about it. So you might just keep putting it off because it's just, you know, you're busy doing other things. But when you're the one waiting for the response and you're hormonal, and your name is Jennifer Vaughn, sometimes you get stressed out about it. And you're like, you start overthinking things. So what do you do when you start overthinking things? You go, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and I'm going to go back on Tinder. <laughs> I'm going to try to find another man or go on another date, at least to somehow in my head, show him that um, I can go out with other people too. Um, because we're both still on Tinder and I really don't know what he's doing. But in general, I know he's a very busy with his jobs. And I really don't think that he has seen anybody else. I know people will say that's naive, but I really don't because of the amount of times I've been there and nothing's ever come up when I'm there. Um, you know, anything like odd, you know, uh, I don't feel like I'm being hidden or anything like that, except for the fact that we never go out. <laughs> we only hang out at his place, but that's just because that's our schedules. Um, so I get back on, you know, hardcore searching Tinder, searching Bumble, like trying to connect with people. And, um, I started talking to some people and, um, I connect with this man who's six, one 53 salt and pepper hair, great shape. Um, nice smile. Two of his first pictures are so good that I'm like, okay, this isn't real. You're, um, this is a fake account, but he's verified. So we start talking and he's, you know, I, it turns out that he's a father of a 16 year old and 18 year old. They're both boys. And I said, I asked him cause it doesn't give his location. And I said, you know, where do you live? Are you local? Are you only here temporarily? And he said, um, well, I am local, but I'm moving to San Diego at the end of April. So, you know, and I said, Oh, bummer. He goes, well, why is that a bummer? I'm here now. I'm like, because you know, super handsome man, you meet him, you connect, things are great. And then poof, he's gone. And he goes, well, I just believe when, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. Um, or if there's a will, there's a way when there's a will. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know what I mean? So he says that and I'm like, yeah, that's true, you know, but I really don't want to do the long distance thing because of all that happened with my ex. I don't want to deal with that again. But anyways, this man's so handsome. I'm like, what would a date hurt? So I said, he goes, he goes, meet with me. And I just like the way he said it. He says, meet, meet me Monday. Let's get a drink. And I was like, that just sounded so confident. Like, just meet me. Let's just meet. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. It's not some young guy going, let's, you know, meet in a dark alley somewhere in my car. It was just like this mature man, my age, handsome, taller than me. I mean, perfect, like physically perfect. And so, but, and then I look at the other pictures and I'm thinking, yeah, those all look like they're all him. And so, and they're, you know, some snowboarding, him doing a handstand on the beach. Why does every guy have to do some kind of freaking handstand? Um, but he has the handstand on the beach picture. Um, and I showed some of my friends and they 
felt like it was a real account. Even though the pictures, the first two are a little, you know, sus because they're just too perfect. You know, I mean, he's, it's just like somebody took the pictures, obviously. they He looks like a male model, like a, a senior male model, honestly. Um, so, but I'm going with it because the conversation seemed good. It seemed like real and um, genuine. So I'm watching his mileage on Tinder. And over the weekend, all of a sudden, he's 383 miles away. And by the way, I did say a follow-up on Friday is that um, I would love to. That's all I said. I would love to. And I did the emoji with the two um, champagne glasses doing their little cheers. And so that was it. I didn't say anything more. And then I see my situation ship Saturday night, which I haven't seen him in 10 days. That was the longest we'd ever gone without seeing each other. And I'm sure on his end, he might've thought I had lost interest completely. And, um, but I just wrote to him early on Saturday. I just decided I'm not going to wait for him. I just wrote to him and I said, I, I don't know. And it's right before my period. And I just got that urge. All of a sudden I felt warm and fuzzy towards him again. Cause I'd felt pretty, pretty grouchy about him recently. Cause I was PMSing, but the day before or the few days before, I don't know, right before I, I don't know why I have moments of clarity where I like that, all that like angry, um, hormonal state kind of clears for a second. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm back in it again. So I wrote to him in that moment and said, do you want to hang out tonight? Well, it took him freaking five hours to respond to me, but he called me instead of texting me and the conversation was great. And he's like, so sorry, I got busy with this and that. And he goes, but, um, I have this thing going. He goes, it's just too much to explain via text. He goes, but I have this thing going on tonight, going to a Warriors game, um, basketball, Santa Cruz with a friend that's here from Florida. And then, um, you know, I, sh it should be done fairly early, like nine 30 ish. And I said, that's cool. Cause I need to pick up my daughter from the Metro anyways, around nine, uh, 10 o'clock. And then I'm, you know, I'm no rush, you know, whatever we can hang out after that. So anyways, I went over there and it's like no time had passed. You know, I get there and I, he's got his room all ready for me. It's so nice. He's got the fun light on the ceiling. He's got the remote on the TV or on the bed, his bed's made. It's all nice and cozy. It's got like a soft blanket over the top of it. Um, the lights are off in the room, except for the one on the ceiling. He's in the shower. You know, he leaves the slider open for me. The room was all clean. It just, it's nice. You know, it's really nice. And so I was waiting for him on the bed clothes on and I had, you know, found something on Netflix and, um, you know, he just gets up comes right up to me and climbs up on me, lays on me and starts hugging and kissing me like he missed me, but he doesn't say I miss you. But you know, it's that kind of thing. Anyways, we had a really nice night that night. I'm not going to go into detail. I just, we are compatible at this point, you know, um, sexually because we've been together many, many times now and, um, we just enjoy each other's company. And again, it's super nice to hold hands all night, have somebody kissing the side of your face, it's also nice to be manhandled because he can flip me real easily. He just like, he decides where he wants me and he puts me there. And I love that as a woman. I love that. You do what you want with me. You flip me around like that. You make me feel like a little girl. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Not like a little girl, but I mean, I love that he can like move me and he feels strong and that feels just really nice. So anyways, I go home, you know, this is yesterday morning. And 
I'm not breaking the date with this other man. Cause I'm like, these men, this kind of this one, this 53 year old do not come around often enough. Like there, these guys just barely exist on Tinder or Bumble. I mean, the dating pool in my age range is so sparse for what I want. I mean, I'm, I'm super picky. That's why I have to go younger. Cause they're just, they're out of shape. They look old. They, you know, they're bald. There are just so many things going on with men my age that I'm not attracted to. So this man is, is it far exceeds what I would find attractive. Like I just, he's, he's too good to be true. So I'm keeping the date, even though I'm like, you know, and, and then part of me is like, you know, I'm, I'm not taken. I can do whatever I want. I can go out on a date. I mean, I can go meet somebody for a drink. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm going to take this down my queen shirt. Cause I did want to show my U equals U also. Um, that's for the YouTube people. Um, I ha it's my background. I also have a, my U equals U shirt that I wanted to have up. So anyways, um, this is all yesterday. I'm having these thoughts. So, and I'm just like, you know, looking forward to it. it he asked where he wrote to me this morning and said, um, five Okay. Question mark or whatever. And then he sends me his phone number and he says, um, and it is a San Diego area code. Oops. My daughter's, I don't know if that's going to affect my, she's going to try calling me again. My daughter just called me. That's the only problem with recording on my phone. Phone calls come in that can affect my recording. No, I think it's okay. And I'm just going to wrap this up anyways. So, um, I say, actually I'm off work at six. I need a little time to go home and I should be able to meet you in Capitol at six 45. And then he says, where would you like to go? Like what's your favorite, favorite place? And I said, I really love paradise grill or Margaritaville, but if you have something else in mind, I'm up for anything. I like, you know, I like Capitola in general. I'll go anywhere. So, um, you know, as the day is going on, um, I'm thinking more about it and I'm like, wow, this is like a grown up date. Like I'm looking forward to it. Fun, fun, fun. And, uh, all of a sudden at 1130, I get a text from my situationship. And he says, are you subbing today? Question mark. I mean, this is so strange. We didn't say I, when I left yesterday morning, he was in the shower and I just talked to him through the door, but actually I think he was on the toilet. I don't think, think he was in the shower, but he didn't respond. So I don't think he heard me. And I didn't want to keep like talking through his door. Cause I didn't want to make him uncomfortable if he was like trying to go to the bathroom. So I just left and I, and he, know he, this is kind of what we do anyways. He has stuff that he does like early all the time. So I, um, it's basketball related. And so, um, this has been my pattern to kind of leave when he gets in the shower or whatever. I don't hang out in his room. Like I just want to get home and start my day. Anyways, it was early. It was like seven, um, 15 or something. And I want to go home and actually sleep more. Cause I don't really sleep well when I'm at his place. Cause there's just so much hugging and moving. And I, he falls asleep kind of on me sometimes and he gets heavy and like, I get uncomfortable. And so like, for the most part, I'm not getting a great night's sleep when I'm at his place. So I wanted to go home and sleep more. So I just texted him in my car and I said, have a good day. And I sent him like a kiss emoji or whatever. And then he sent a kiss emoji back. So that was all I'd heard from him yesterday. And you know, whole day went on. But then today at 1130, he texts me and says, um, are you subbing? And it's like, well, of course I am. Like I, I do that every day. So I explained to him that, yes, I am. I'm at a new job that I'll be at until the end of the year. I take a picture of exactly where I'm sitting at the school. Cause I don't know. I just want him to know, like, I'm not, I don't know why it's like a just proof. I don't know that I'm actually, yeah, I'm at my job. 
And then I said, what are you up to? I get no response. So three hours go by and I'm like, okay, now maybe what he was hoping for is that I wasn't subbing. He had a break in between jobs and he wanted to know if I could come over and fool around. Maybe that's what he was hoping for, but he just didn't even ask for it. He just started with the, are you subbing? And then when he found out I was not available, he didn't go any further with the conversation. So I decided to just out of the blue say to him, were you horny? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's why you wrote to me, you know, but I just wrote, were you horny? And he said, no, just checking on you. And then he put a big smiley face with teeth and it was so cute. And he says, and then I got busy at work and I was like, oh God, I told my girlfriend, Kira, I said, I feel so guilty going out tonight now. And she's like, oh my God, don't break the date. You've got to go. You've got to go. I can't wait to hear about what this guy's all about. And honestly, I'm kind of like very curious as well. But I was feeling super guilty about going on a date when I felt like we had just had a really nice reconnection Saturday night. And now he wrote to me, you know, Monday and was like, are you seven? He's just checking on me. What? That's all so sweet and kind of boyfriendy and I don't know what to do with it. So I'm at work. Uh, I have my after school job until six o'clock and I know I have to be in Capitola at 645 and the last kid to leave our program didn't get picked up until 615, which gives me a big whopping 15 minutes to drive home, which is like I'm literally blocks from the school, but 15 minutes to get home, change into something more appropriate for downtown Capitola because I'm in jeans and tennis shoes right now, give my hair a fluff, add a little lipstick and jam out the door. So I get in my car at Landmark and I get a message from the man, the older man. And he says, hey, Jen, got busy with a work related something. It's actually a giant disaster. I can't meet you tonight. So sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I put this on my close friend story on Instagram. I'm like, freaking not surprised. He, this has to be a fake account. I mean, we'll see. By the way, his mileage all weekend up until this morning when he wrote to me was 383 miles away. And then he said, and here's my number if it's easier. And then I checked Tinder like around, I don't know, a few hours later and he was 24 miles away. So I think he flew into Monterey and then he actually got down to 12 miles away. So he was getting closer and closer and back in the area. So he, it looks like, like, so I'm like, okay, well, he did say that he was moving to San Diego. So maybe he was down there for something. Um, so I want to believe that this is all true. My girlfriend thinks it's, and she's one who's very skeptical about, you know, any of this online stuff. And she thinks he's real. She thinks he's real. And I shared more of his pictures on my close friend story and the people that have written to me think he's real also, but I still think those first two pictures are super suspicious that he just looks like a, uh, like a, a mature male model. I just, I don't know. I'm like, not that I can't get someone that looks like that. Like, I think like we actually match physically. I think we, you know, we both look good for our age, but Tinder just doesn't offer this kind of man. Like this just doesn't really exist on Tinder. So I'm very, very skeptical. And I wrote to him and I just put bummer another time then. That's all I wrote. And he never responded. And I really don't know if I'll hear from him again. 
but you know, he did give me his phone number. You know, we, we took that transition from Tinder to like real phone. So still doesn't mean anything. Um, but I don't know. We'll see if I'm not going to say anything else to him. If he asked me out, he asked me out. Um, but to be quite honest, I'm sort of hoping that my situationship and I refuse to say his name because even though I've given so many details about him, I would just die if he ever listens to any of this. I really would. I would just die. Hi, if you ever hear this, please don't think I'm weird that I've talked about you sort of, um, <laughs> in like cryptically, <laughs> but how can I not? It's what I do. I talk about my life. So anyways, um, that's what's happening people at the moment. And, um, yeah, that's it. Keep my mouth shut and <laughs> all that. Um, all right. Well guys, I hope that you guys have a good rest of the week and are enjoying this first day of freezing cold spring. It's supposed to rain all day tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to that at all. I'm really getting freaking tired of all this rain. I can't wait for the summer and I need to lose a few LBs. I've snacked way too much. Some pants that I recently bought that are like, they're kind of like slacks and they like have one of, I, well, I got them at the Goodwill and I was so happy about them. And I tried them on this morning and they were a little tight <laughs> The where I put the little like, slider buckle thing through where the, like a button would be. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that happened. Great. I refuse to get on the scale. This is when I become very conscious of everything I eat and I will become like, I will lose those three or four pounds because I cannot stand when I get a little bit overweight. That's why I'm thin because I, I control it. I can't stand it. It's like literally I will have nightmares that I've gained like 50 pounds because I've been there. I've been pregnant and been 50 pounds overweight. I know what it feels like. Um, and it doesn't feel right on my frame. It just never has. And so I, I control it. And so now I will eat very healthy, even though I ate a goddamn donut today, but I couldn't help it. Somebody brought Krispy Kremes to work and they're like, well, when I'm like looking at 12 perfectly, you know, glazed rays laying there all together, perfectly laid out. And they open the box. I'm like, what am I going to say? No. Are you kidding? Yeah, of course. And we don't have Krispy Kreme around here. Somebody went over the hill and got them and brought them back over. So I did eat one of those, but who gives a shit? One donut isn't going to do anything. So, but I'm going to try to be good and not eat chips in the middle of the night and um, stop eating all the after school food at work when I'm bored. Cause I do that too. So anyways, you guys, um, thank you so much for listening hope you're all doing well. We're going to wrap this one up. 78 in the can. All right, guys. Love you all. See you soon. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.